has opened this door to us. I'm going to give you some specific examples. I have permission to share them. Um, it's been almost a year ago now that during service one day on a Sunday, I don't remember what was taught or preached about, but as often happens, uh, there was people. There were people in the altar praying. The Lord was ministering to souls, and uh, Sister Araceli Sanchez had come and was praying right over here. And the Lord was again ministering to people. And as prayer is being made and ministry is being made, Sister Sally began to be prayed for. Um, and as she was prayed for, there was a clear direction in prayer. No lightning bolts from heaven, just a clear direction in prayer. And Sister Sally had long dealt with, she had celiac disease and diabetes. And how many years, Sister Sally, did you? Her whole life, she dealt with that stuff. And in that service, I don't think we taught about healing that day or anything, but in that service, prayer was made, and the word of the Lord spoke in prayer for her directly to those two diseases for healing in her body. And the Lord healed her. Now, when you've lived with something your whole life, there can be a little nervousness. You have faith and trust in God, but still, when you've ate things that you knew you shouldn't eat and your body's immediately reacted, it can be threatening to your life. You can have faith, but still be like, man, I got faith. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so... It was shortly thereafter, she was in services elsewhere, and the Lord spoke to her there and said, you've been healed. And so she thought, I got to test it, which is what she had to do. And so she went to Applebee's or somewhere. I don't know where they went and ate. They went somewhere and ate, and she decided to test it. What'd you eat, Sister Sally? A little piece of hamburger. She was nervous. Well, it was a couple of days later, she told me she was eating cinnamon rolls. She said, oh, yes, yeah, she'd been going her. And it was just a few weeks ago, she went to the doctor, and the doctor was doing some things and said, oh, yeah, you're not dealing with this anymore. You're really managing it with your diet, huh? And she said, oh, no, I'm not managing with my diet. God has healed me. And the doctor was amazed because she doesn't have all those evidences any longer, and she's not battling them in her life. God has healed her. It's a door that's been opened to us. I think it's okay to thank God for that right now. I think we should thank God for that right now. You understand, that's not a small thing. She's had celiac disease and diabetes her whole life. And she sits here today whole by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. So this door's been open to us. It was just a few weeks ago. I taught much shorter. It wasn't pre-planned. The Lord started dealing with me when I, oftentimes, almost all the time at men's prayer, if I don't ask one of the other men to say something, I'll say something at the close of men's prayer. And sometimes I have a thought that's been turned into my heart, and I'll share it that's been in my heart for a few days or something that I'm like, no, I need to talk about this. And sometimes while we're praying, God will drop something and I'll share it. And then sometimes I'll 
be closing out men's prayer and think I know what I'm going to say. And the Lord just takes me a totally different direction. And that's what happened this Saturday a few weeks ago when I began to talk about uh, the gifts of the Spirit in operation from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Again, go listen to the first service. We walked through a lot more in the first service. I began to talk about that, and faith began to rise among the group of men in this room that were here for prayer. Faith, I mean, it was, I knew I was feeling it. I was hoping and trusting and believing. They were recognizing it too as the gift of faith began to rise among the men here at prayer. So you miss 6 a.m. men's prayer on Saturday. You never know what you might miss. And uh, I know some of you are going, it's early. I get it. It's worth it. Anyway, say, man, I can't get up that early. I have a word of revelation for you. Go to bed earlier. You'll get up earlier. Anyway, so men's prayer, the Spirit of the Lord moved in. It, as we were just talking simply about these things, but I knew what the Lord gave me to share. And faith started rising in the room. And Brother Joel Garcia lifted his hand, asked if he could say something. And Brother Garcia openly and honestly We've had a lot of open and honest moments in men's prayer. Maybe that's why God's working so clearly there. Men have just been, the beauty of the transparency of men and their honesty before God and one another has been beautiful, just honest and raw. And, and men agreeing together with one another, a unity, no judgment, just prayer and agreement. It's been beautiful. And so Brother Joel lifted his hand and expressed, and, and, and I knew a lot of the story. He didn't even go through all of it, but. Brother Joel, for 23 years almost, 1999, is that right? 1999, Brother Joel was on a treasure hunt expedition, is what I'm going to call it. Is that fair? Is that sort of fair? Pretty much what it was. In Central South America, and uh, he entered into something where they were searching for stuff based on leads where they tapped into some kind of spiritual something or another. You think the spirit world's not real? Talk to him. And in that moment, when he saw all these things coming towards him up a hillside, all he knew to do, and he wasn't in a right place with God at that point. Is that right? But all he knew to do when he saw all of this coming up the hillside towards him, where they were digging, was to cry out, Jesus. He at least had that wherewithal. And it stayed. But since that day, and ever since for 23 years, Brother Joel has dealt with an affliction in his physical body. And he has gone weeks, every few weeks, and gotten treatments, trying to deal with it while they can't tell him what it is or what's going on. So he raised his hand that day few weeks ago and said, I'm dealing with this and I feel faith. I'd like you men to pray for me. He said some, he told the story of when he needed work and didn't want to keep traveling. And he had asked the men at men's prayer to pray. And we prayed, God, give him work here. And since that time, because he'd travel, he'd go to California. They want him to go to the East Coast because he does good work. He's an item. Have him go everywhere, even traveling over to Bellingham. He said, I want to stay close to home. It interrupts my ability to interact with the body of Christ and the kingdom of God the way he wants me to. We prayed as men. He's been working close to home ever since. God's given him all kinds of work. People just calling, people calling. And so he expressed that, said, I have faith in you men praying, and I feel faith this morning. I want you to pray. I feel like I want you to pray for my body. Brother Joel came. The men stood right here. 
We prayed prayers of faith. I, and the Lord did a miracle. He had told us he had a treatment on Monday. He went for that treatment that Monday after that day of prayer. And typically shortly thereafter, all the things come right back after they treat him for it. And he spent money and years. He said it hadn't come back since. Tony, the Lord has opened a door of faith and the operation of his spirit. I think we should thank him again. I really do. There's healing here. I know I'm just talking simply, but you're either going to receive it in faith or not. There is faith in this room. The door of faith opened to us. The door of faith. Why would God allow a man to deal with something 22 years, 23 years? Why would God allow a lady most of her life to deal with diseases? And I realize there's lots of different variables and circumstances, and we could pick all that apart. That's not the purpose this morning. But my mind goes to the scripture where the man had been lame for 38 years. And in his 38 years of being lame, the Lord Jesus healed him. And the religious leaders asked the question, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. The sickness was unto the glory of God. So why would the Lord, I, I, I have no doubt, I have no doubt because I, I know they've prayed before for healing. I've prayed with them and for them before for healing. What happened on that day here to Sister Sally and here a couple Saturdays to go to Brother Joel? The Lord said, it's time for my glory. They've endured affliction, but it's time so that he would be glorified. He said, this is why the man was healed now after 38 years, that the Lord would be glorified. I'm telling you, these things are happening now, that the Lord would be glorified. And it would be an open door of witness. When you read the book of Acts and you see miracles of healing, the gift of the Spirit and operation, it was always for the same purpose. There would be healing, there would be deliverance, there would be victory, and then the soul would be pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was an open door to share the gospel. Hear me. The Lord will heal the sick. He will raise the dead. But if He heals the sick, but then they don't receive the gospel message of salvation, they could be healed and die lost. His purpose is to share the gospel. And so he, throughout the book of Acts, we see the pattern. Miracles, signs, and wonders. But the end goal is never the miracle, sign, and wonder. That's only to open the door to the power of the Lord Jesus, whereby a heart can receive the gospel. We see the story in Acts 3 and 4 when the men, the man at the gate, beautiful, Peter and John, passed by. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he went up. And they looked him by the hand, lifted him. He went leaping and dancing into the temple with them. And in Acts chapter 4, they're saying, Peter's declaring, 
You're asking me by what power, by what name we've done this? By the very one you crucified, by the Lord Jesus Christ, does this man stand here before you whole? What was he doing? He was taking that opportunity where someone had been healed by the power of God to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. The purpose of the Lord using you and I in gifts of the Spirit is not to glorify us. God forbid, if you try to take glory, God will shut it off and you'll get turned over to a spirit you don't recognize. And you won't be able to discern the difference and the adversary will destroy you because you'll open up to spirits that are not of God, but they parade and masquerade as God. It's in the book of Acts. Read it. Men thought they were, and they weren't. And the and evil spirits turned on them. Your motive's got to be right. Your heart's got to be right. It's got to be to glorify God. But there is an open door to us to walk into in faith. I'm telling you with a firm assurance in my spirit, God has opened something to us in men's prayer. I witness it in my spirit. And I am so just open and anticipatory, filled with faith. Filled with faith of Him to use every life that will allow Him to do so. And His purpose is singular. It's singular. The kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. That He would be glorified. That men would be drawn to Him. That he would be lifted up and that men would be drawn to him. Why now? I'll tell you why now. In time harvest. In time harvest. I must speak the word of faith here today. There is a place being prepared for us in Yakima. I haven't seen it yet, physically. It's there. And the reason it's being prepared is not because of us. It's for Him. And He is going to draw souls to Himself. We are not gathering men to ourselves. God forbid. God forbid I seek to operate in the Spirit so that men would look at me. God forbid. But may He grant us humility and boldness. May He grant us faith and fervor. And may He grant us a conviction of heart whereby we separate from the things of this world and draw nigh unto Him so that He can manifest Himself through our lives. Brother Jerry, can you put 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7 on the screen, please? He has prepared a place and at first when we step in, it may seem like this place is cavernous. He knows what's needed for who He will bring. He knows what's needed for whom He will bring. It's His work, not ours. He said, I will build my church. He'll build it. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You understand this. I know that verse is up there. We'll get there in a second. You understand, the gates of hell, gates are not movable other than swinging open and closed. You understand? 
Only time gates moved other, any other way than that that I can find recorded in Scripture is when Samson ripped the gates off and carried them. So if the gates of hell shall not... You understand what gates do. Gates either keep people in or they keep people out. But they make a way of passage. Yes? Gates are designed to keep people in or keep people out. And I would tell you the gates of hell are designed to keep people captive and to keep the church out. I promise you, hell does not want the church coming into its territory. But I'm telling you today, the Lord would the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. They are designed to hold people captive and to keep deliverance from coming. But the church cannot prevail. The church will prevail over the gates of hell. They may stay some, but not the church. Not the church. You know what that also tells me? Is the church has to be on the offensive, not the defensive. You live defensively when you're unsure of your position, when you're unsure of your place, when you're unsure of your calling, when you see your adversary is bigger and stronger and more powerful than you. But when you understand, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You understand that I have all power given me from Him, through Him, by Him, not of my own ability or authority. I no longer fear the adversary, and I go on the offensive. There is a time, and I believe the time is now for the church to walk in the gifts and the calling of God, to walk in operation of the Spirit according to the design of God and go on the offensive, not with flesh and blood, but reaching into our city, reaching into these valleys and rescuing those who have been taken captive by the adversary against their will. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It is the desire of God when He fills you and I with His Spirit that He would then manifest His Spirit. How will He manifest His Spirit? He will manifest His Spirit through the gifts of His Spirit operating through your life and mine. How do I know this? Because if you read all of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that's right in the middle. It's in the middle of the operation of gifts of the Spirit and talking about the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. So it's the desire of the Spirit of God to manifest Himself. I believe the door that has been opened to us, whatever we have stepped into by the grace of God, by the timing of God, by the goodness of God, through men's prayer, I believe it is this desire of the Lord to manifest Himself and manifest His Spirit through us. But our heart better be right. Our heart better be right. It's where we are. And I could not be more thankful and excited to be alive in this hour. What an honor. And what a privilege that he would call you and I to the kingdom for such a time as this. This. There's so much scripture that seems so alive to me right now in this moment. This is the words that have turned to my spirit the last two months. This is that. This is that. This is that. You know, the... 
Peter declared that on the day of Pentecost when the power of God was poured out and the Holy Ghost was poured out. People were looking going, what's going on? And Peter said, this is that. It was spoken several hundred years ago by the prophet Joel. But this is that. I'm telling us. I'm telling us. I know what the Lord is telling me right now. Whatever we're entering into, we are entering into promises given us that we have not yet seen. But this is that. It is the timing of God for His church. It is the timing of God for these valleys. It is the timing of God for prayers we've prayed that we've not seen answered. But this is that. I wish somehow you could see with spiritual eyes what I see set before us that has been opened. What has been opened unto us by the Spirit of God, not of our own doing. It's like what the Apostle Paul described when he said he had to make a trip. He said, there is an open door before me. It's effectual, this door that's been opened unto me. And he said, and there are many adversaries. I'm not concerned with the adversaries. I'm concerned and realizing and thankful there's an open door. Yes, there will be adversaries. But greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I'm not going to be distracted by the grace of God from the things that would try to distract. God, give us a laser focus like never before. It is time to walk in apostolic and authority of ministry for those that will choose to do so. The door's been opened. It's been opened. It's bigger than just us, I'm telling you. It's bigger. I was, I was reading at the beginning of the week, I was reading the book of Amos. It's an interesting time in the history of Israel. You read Amos' writing. They were in a really good place, Israel. At least they thought they were. They were prospering. Things were really good for Israel financially. Everything seemed to be in good order. Read Amos. The Lord was troubled with them because of that. They were mistaking all the things they had and their successes in life as the blessing of God. It caused them to leave clinging to the word of God and the leading of God for sure. Does the Lord bless us every single day of our lives? But I don't cling to material blessing. It's a trap. He's the source. And it's his desire to flow and operate through each and every one that would yield and make themselves available to him. It's where we are. It's where we are. Would you stand with me today? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, if you can use anyone, use me. You're no respecter of persons. 
if you're looking for a vessel to operate through, I pray for grace to be available. I submit myself to you, Lord, in the fear of God. I submit this vessel to you in the fear of God. I pray let my priorities be fully realigned by your word and by your spirit. I want to walk in the spirit in this hour like never before. I want to be used of the spirit for the glory of God in this hour like never before. Father, I repent of distractions that I've given myself to. I repent, Father, of spending so much energy and effort serving earthly things. I pray by the Spirit of the Lord, forgiveness and proper alignment with you, the head, and the pure flow of your Spirit operating, whereby the manifestation of the Spirit takes place through our lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will open the door, but he will not push or pull us through it. We would have to choose to go. We would have to choose to go. It's a choice. And it's not a choice without cost. It's not a, It's not a, dare I say, it's not a just come as you are. It requires, Sister Priscilla taught us about it a couple Thursdays ago, it requires consecration, dedication, a separation from things of this world, a separating unto the Lord Jesus, where he becomes all in all. Where my life is hid with Christ in God. Where I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm no longer operating in my effort and ability, but I'm a yielded vessel. The Spirit of the Lord is inviting you if you'd like to go. but it's not without cost. But I'm so certain it's a worthwhile cost. I'm opening this altar to you today. But before you come, I want you to make a profession with your mouth if you're choosing to come that says, Lord, I'm coming because I'm expressing to you that I am available for how you want to use me. 
your choosing, not mine. And by your grace, I'll be obedient to what you ask of me. This altar's open.